Are you sure you're ready? I'm 100% ready. Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hi, listeners. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists. Whoa. (laughs) And this podcast is our weekly date for getting on microphones and talking with one another and with you about stuff that's mattering to us this week. We are so glad that you're here. And hi, sweetheart. Hello. Hi. Hey, let's start off with announcements, announcements, announcements. Yeah. I did a unison vocal. I love it. It was really good. Uh, We have some announcements. The first announcement is that not right now. No. But pretty soon. Some point. You and I are going on summer break. Meaning that we're going to be. That's me and Shannon, not you listeners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Jamie and I will be going on summer break from the podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. We're taking vacation. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to really put in a petition that like all adults everywhere could just have summer break just like we all did when we were kids. Like it from everything. Wouldn't that be great? So nice. If we just like took off. But we're not doing that, obviously. We've got other work that we've got to do. But we are going to commit ourselves to getting outdoors this summer and uh, need some more flexible time. And we just need a bit of a break. Like end of the album cycle is coming up. Mm-hmm. And I could use a break. I think maybe you could use a break. I just need some more of what a therapist I had uh, like 20 years ago termed unstructured time. Yeah. He's like, you strike me as someone who needs a lot of unstructured time. (laughs) Well, you yeah. That was an astute assessment, sir. Definitely. So we're not, this is not the last episode before the break. Probably not. Probably not. We're not Um, sure. But- just know that it's coming yeah. and we'll let you know. It might come sooner rather than later. Like yeah. if you go to listen to the podcast like next week and it's not there, you might just be like, damn, well, Jamie and Shannon went on break. <laughs> just know. Just know. Yeah. yeah. So that's announcement number one. Announcement number two ah. is that, uh, and it's kind of related because one of the things that we have to spend a bunch of time doing this summer is preparing for this thing that mm-hmm. I'm about to announce to you. Uh, we are doing exactly one show this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is on August 20th. It is a radio music festival in Astoria, Oregon called the Shipwrecked Music Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very cute. They tried to do this festival last year, yeah. but had to cancel because of COVID. Womp, womp, That's not womp. the cute part. I mean, what's very cute is that in their radio announcements, like like on the radio, talking about the festival, they keep talking about... They, the, the they, have, they have an ad. It's ad, not that they keep talking about right. it. They've recorded an advertisement right. and they keep playing it. Right, it's the ad. And the ad starts with something like, let's try this again. Announcing yeah. the second first annual Shipwrecked <laughs> Music Festival. It's so good. It's so great. So we were supposed to play it last year. Yeah. Obviously didn't because it was canceled because of uh, the COVID wave that surged through the country at that point. We had a hit on this station last summer with Shannon's song, One Thread. And we were going to ride that wave and play this festival. And then it got canceled and we were super bummed. Yeah. But then over the winter, we had another hit off of Shannon's 2020-101 album with the song Breaking Ground. And we're riding that wave into version 2.0. That's right. So we're announcing it here. Obviously, uh, not all of our listeners live within... uh, spitting distance of Astoria, Oregon. Also, don't spit, it's gross. <laughs> but that said, um, if you are close or close-ish or feel like making a trip, wouldn't it be fun if we all met up at the Shipwrecked Music Festival? We already know people August, in all three categories. We do, that's true. Yeah. August 20th, 
this summer in Astoria, Oregon. You can get tickets now um, at 949thebridge.com. That's Is right. Is that right? That's right. So uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. I will make a note right now to mm-hmm. put the ticket link in the show notes so that you can just click right on that. Um, we'd love to see you there. Also, I want to tell you, we're doing a different kind of live performance than we've ever done before. It's going like, to be cool. Ever. Ever. And I'm just going to tell you right now, it involves Jamie being on stage with me. What? This has never happened. This has never happened. In a live, in-person setting before. We've been together since 2006, uh-huh. and we've never performed on stage together. Nope, but it's happening. It's happening August 20th at the Shipwrecked Music Festival. I'm going to be singing. There will be some singing. Yeah. By Jamie. Yeah. It's true. Not lead vocals, though. <laughs> if you were like, whoa, it's not me. But I'll be singing some backups for sure. Yeah. So I, I'm so excited. So excited. Um, this is giving us an opportunity to try some new things mm-hmm. that we've been wanting to try for a while. It's going to be a big sounding show. It's going to be a big show. It's going to sound like last year's record and this year's record. It's going to be big, huge, yeah. synthesizer art pop. Yeah. It's going to kick a ton of ass. It's, yeah. Here's hoping. <laughs> no, it's going to. It's going to be great. So we'd love to see you there, August 20th. Uh, check the link in the show notes. Get your tickets. We'll see you there. 949thebridge.com. All right. Also, while we're on this topic, let me just put in a little plug for that radio station. Okay. We started listening to them because they were playing our stuff and we would be stupid not to. You could, These days, you can just listen to radio stations from kind of anywhere in the world because the internet exists. They all have apps. They all have apps. Yeah. You can also just go to the website and stream. There's lots of options. Right. This station has an app. We downloaded the app. We started listening uh, because it was exciting to hear Shannon's stuff. But then we kept listening because it's just a really good station. It's really good. It plays all the kind of stuff that we personally like. Uh, and the DJs are excellent. All the like in-between song little bumpers are very funny. Just the sense of humor is really good. Like mm-hmm. the ad that Shannon described is very indicative of that kind of wry, fun sense mm-hmm. of humor. You know, not mean-spirited, not punching down ever like so many like disc jockey types can be. Yeah. It's just Really great. It's a really good vibe, really good station, really well programmed. Yeah. Uh, so you should maybe if you're looking for a new station in your life, just go listen to them. You can expect to hear modern just you know, hits, not like t- not top 40, but like adult album alternative kind of stuff, you know? So like the more like grown-up stuff, yeah. which most of our listeners are. We were having this exact conversation with some friends. Uh, we went to celebrate the high school graduation of a, uh, a, the son of one of our dearest friends this past weekend. And we were out in their backyard hanging out and we were having this exact conversation with some people there. Yeah. And and our friend, Catherine, was like, oh, let me, I'll, I'll put it on the speaker. I'll put it on the Sonos speaker. And so she found the 94.9 The Bridge app and her Sonos <laughs> and put it on. And literally like 10 minutes later, one of my songs comes on the radio. It was such a rock star moment. Like everybody, like everybody at this little get together was like, wait, what? I was a little bit embarrassed, but it was fun. Also, it was really a neat, it was a, it was a neat moment. Anyway, all the announcements uh, were finished. That's good. All two. Both announcements. Great. Yeah, Jamie, how are you feeling today? Thanks for asking, Sugar. Uh, I'm feeling two ways. I've written down two things. I'm feeling satisfied and I'm feeling enthusiastic. Oh, great. I know, those are nice feelings to have. Uh, The satisfied is just because, well, we did a bunch of yard work and that's just very satisfying. Mm -hmm. Just got everything looking real ship shape Mm -hmm. and it feels good. I'm very anal. I love having things look orderly. (laughs) It's pleasing to me. Uh, also, I've been making a ton of progress on a project I'm working on. That feels good. Mm-hmm. And I just feel enthusiastic, generally speaking, right now. I just feel like mm-hmm. 
there's just good stuff going on in our lives. Just interesting work projects. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm happy about it. I'm That's excited great. that we're close to the end of your record. Uh, you deserve a break. You've been working your ass off writing this thing and really Thanks. spending a lot of time in that headspace. And I'm so proud of you and I love making it. Also, it's just time for you to be done, you know? <laughs> yeah. You have finished writing, and I think that's amazing. Uh, I just have to finish my part, which probably will happen in the next four or five days. Mm-hmm. So excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this is a great record. Uh, just feeling good about stuff right now. Good. I'm so glad to hear it. How are you feeling? So I want to take a little bit of a rewind to mm. how I was feeling last night, and then I'll catch you up on how I'm feeling today. Okay. Just because I feel like it's an important thing to touch on. Um uh, last night, I finished writing, like you you just mentioned, I finished writing the last song for this album project that we've been working on since mm-hmm. January. Mm-hmm. Um, since January, wow. I know. It's been fully over half a year that we've been working on this project. We, we Slightly re- less than half we a year. Released over the, five months. We released the first song. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, because at the end of June. We're in June the, right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, okay, yes. So half a year. Anyway, um, I finished writing, and like you said, we've got to, we've still got to finish, you know, doing the part of the song where we take it to your studio and do all the mixing and additional production and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, getting it into shape. Um, but I finished last night, and as soon as I was finished, I actually snapped a little picture of myself and I posted it on the internet because Thought, very cute. I yeah. was feeling pleased and I was feeling relieved and yeah. I was feeling, you know, like it was a good feeling. I was feeling pride and accomplishment and all the things that you know are natural to feel at the end of finishing a big project like that. But and then, then what happened? <laughs> and then I came downstairs and you were working on something and so I just like plopped on the couch and I was like, I don't know, playing some dumb game on my phone or something like that. And you were listening to the radio mm-hmm. and all these songs were playing. And as I was lying there on the couch listening to the radio and just like kind of like coming down from the experience of finishing writing, yeah. um, I just started having all of these like negative thoughts. <laughs> and some of the, the way that they were manifesting was like I'm li- like I was listening to the radio and I'm like here I am writing songs and listen to all these songs on the radio. They're so good. What am I even doing with my life? Who who am I to write songs just like Heaven came on, which is a perfect song. Maybe like maybe the best song ever written? Yeah. Certainly I, in in the con, in, it's a contender. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I listen to that song. I'm like, seriously, what business do I have writing songs when this song like just like heaven exists? Like, Why don't we just see, listen to that? Yeah, let's just listen to that forever. <laughs> like, what am I doing? But I, I I and I it was one of those moments where like I, and I said these things to you out loud because I knew I needed to get them outside of my head, right? Like yeah. I knew I knew I needed to externalize them in some way. It was one of those moments, though. Do you have these moments where, like, you you're experiencing some feelings, and it's almost like you're having, you can see yourself from like an out of body experience, experiencing the feelings. Like you can observe mm-hmm. yourself feeling them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Sure. Like, like, like you're like kind of one step removed. Like, oh look, you're having those feelings. I wonder why. Like, and I, and I started like you know trying to analyze it. I, I'm glad for that like separation, mm-hmm. honestly, because it, it really did make me feel like I, I wasn't my feelings at that moment, although they were they had an impact on me. I was I had a tough time, you know, with these feelings. But I've really been mulling it over since then and and into the into this the morning, this morning. Um, and I really I realized that it I was I was experiencing something of a come down, right? Like mm-hmm. at the end of a project, there's it's a you know, there's a release. There's a an unburdening and I'm done, mm-hmm. but also that leaves you, when, when you've been in that pattern for a while, yeah. that, that can leave you feeling a void. 
Yeah. You know, like we all we always felt this coming back from summer tour when we always. were when we do our house concert tours in the summertime. The week after Pre- tour is just depressing. Yeah, it's really hard. Like it's all it's great to be home. We have had a successful tour, but it's like it's like you hit a brick wall going 90 miles an hour. Like yeah. it, and you come to a stop and you don't know what to do with yourself. And that's I think that's part of what I was experiencing last night. And then also I realized this morning as I was thinking about it more, Brene Brown has this phrase that she talks about um, a vulnerability hangover. Yeah. And it's this, it's the feeling that you get, uh, you get this, the, a feeling of shame and fear when you've put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it can, like, like you don't always, not always, but, it can, but it can happen. And doing creative work is extraordinarily vulnerable. It yeah. is a full on exercise in vulnerability the entire time. Um, and so I recognize that what I was feeling in that come down space is probably a very normal experience for people who create. Yeah. And so like, I, I know that and, you know, I, using my tools of like, what do I need? <laughs> you know, what am I feeling? What do I need? I, I think that acknowledging it was helpful. And I think that probably, probably I just need some time to recover, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and to be kind to myself in that time, <laughs> that time until I feel like, and I, I already feel. Seems like you woke up feeling much better. I did wake up feeling much better and I feel much better now too, which brings me to my, my current feelings of the yes, moment. Yes, that's right. Which is that a, was a good setup. I, thank you. <laughs> we, we got to do a bunch of work, our work outside today, like our computer work. Um, and it was gorgeous. Longest day of the year, first day of summer, mm-hmm. beautiful. Uh, and I feel very, I feel serene for having been spending that time outside. Yeah. Really nice. And then we did a bunch of yard work this evening because that's our specialty, like post sunset yard work. It's, yeah. it's our thing. Totally. Uh, it's but, like that REM song, Gardening at Night. Yeah. I relate to that so much now. <laughs> at the time when I was a kid, I was like, what does this mean? And now I'm like, I get it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but because of that, I'm, my body is just feeling good. I My spirit feels enlivened from from having been out there working. And so... So yeah, I just, I felt like it was important to kind of give a little bit of history of the last, you know, 24 hours of my feeling experience because, I don't know, maybe it happens to folks who listen here too and uh, just know that I don't think I'm crazy and uh, you aren't either and we're not alone. So there you go. It's like that alkanim that I get in my email every so often. I've talked about the alkanims on this this podcast before. I get my AA emails, got a little bit of, you know, AA scripture, if you will, uh, every day. It's just nice. Centers me on some of the thoughts. But it also has uh, it has a thought to ponder. I've shared some of those on here before. And it has a thing called an alkanym, which they just made up. It's like an alcoholic acronym. acronym. It's yeah. an alkanym, which is a portmanteau that I appreciate greatly. It's great. Um, but sometimes, and I've talked about this too, the acronyms don't make any sense. They're either something that like, it's not like something you say. Right. Like, frog, fully rely on God. But no one walks around. No one goes into an AA room and is like, frog. <laughs> if you went into an AA meeting and were like, frog, people would be like, keep coming back, man. Yeah, right. Totally. So what's the one that you were thinking of? It's Yana. Yana. Y-A-N-A. Nobody says Yana. No. I but mean, if it, they did, they would know that it stands for you are not alone. Oh, that's great. Which is like what you're talking but about you know, with your emotional totally. stuff. Totally. That could catch on, though. YOLO caught on. Yeah. It's, right? a, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And and they sound equally stupid. So if Yolo can catch on, no reason Yana shouldn't. <laughs> totally. They both sound real dumb coming out of your mouth. It's just that if you do long enough, all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's Yolo. Yeah. Yana. Hey. Yana. Hey, Jamie. 
Yana. Thanks, baby. Yeah. Yana to you too. Yeah. Hey, should we fire up the good news machine? Absolutely, we should fire it up. I've got some stuff. I think you might have some stuff. Who has stuff? Both, I have one we thing. Both have stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you want to go? You want me to go? Uh, sure, I can go. Great, go. My good news machine item is this. I read this tweet the other day, and it just was so freaking encouraging. Mm. Uh, this is the tweet was from the the Hawaii State Commission on the Status of Women. That's nice. Okay. First of all, what a nice commission to have. Right. Good job. And this is what they had to say. Breaking news. There are zero incarcerated girls in Hawaii. For the first time in the history of the Hawaii Youth Correctional Facility, it is empty of girls. Wow. This is no fluke or accident. HYCF, that's the... Uh, Youth facility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has been empty for weeks after... Has, has been empty for weeks after years of work to replace handcuffs with healing. Mm. And I just thought, what great news. Go Hawaii, first of all. Like, that's amazing. And secondly, what a great model for the rest of us when it comes to, when we call it the justice system, it's not, it's not mm, about justice. Yeah. It, and, and also, like, it, the, we, can do, we can do that system differently. And this, this is this you know, the, the HYCF here in Hawaii is, is giving us an, an example of how instead of just locking people up, if you focus on, uh, on working toward healing rather than just punishment. Which makes people less good, not more good. And less healed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like maybe it inflicts more trauma, yeah. right? It's possible. Like I just, it's, it was great news because it's showing me a world that is possible. It's showing us a world that is possible. We have, you know, in the United States... A, a bigger percentage of our population is in prison than any other nation in the world. Like yeah. it is in, it is just absolutely absolute insanity. We don't have to do it that way. There's another way, and Hawaii is showing us how to do it. <laughs> Which means that we will for sure not pay any attention to it. Well, because they're brown-skinned people living on an island that we took over. Not all people who live in Hawaii are brown-skinned, but. Thank you. The, and also, thank you for your cynicism, the, the good news machine segment. <laughs> right, right, right. It is important to recognize the things when when people who are there doing the work day and this, like they said, it's not an accident or a fluke. They've been working for years toward this yeah, outcome. It's, great. it's wonderful. It's the best thing. Yes. It's really, really good. And, and we need to hold up these kinds of possibilities in our hearts and our spirits to continue working toward a better world. Yeah. What do you have? I promise not to poop on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't mean to poop on it. It's just I'm thinking about, you know, how intertwined the concepts of like like religious morality and law and order are in mainland America. No, I get it. You know what I mean? It is a steep mountain for sure. I know. I know this. Fair enough. Uh, My good news is that Colombia has elected its first left-wing president. Yeah. Like, but like ever. Right. Like upending over two centuries wow. of an established ruling tradition. Amazing. It's really, really exciting. Uh, this person's name is Gustavo Petro. Uh, and his uh, vice president that he ran with, who, mm-hmm. who also won, is the first black vice president ever in Colombia. That's cool. And her name is Francia Marquez. Uh, he defeated a Trumpish right-wing candidate. Thank goodness. Uh, Unlike Trump, that guy actually 
conceded the election and didn't spin a big lie that it was stolen from him. No, he promptly conceded <laughs> in a very gracious way with uh, felicitations for the future. All right. Um, so this guy's win, um, Petro's win, is it's remarkable. And I'm just going to quote a little bit here from this great Washington Post article on it. It's remarkable not only because of his political ideology, because like leftism is something that has not been lifted up, generally speaking, mm -hmm. in Colombia, uh, but also because of his life story. Uh, he was a former clandestine guerrilla who served time in prison in the 80s for, for his involvement with a rebel group. Whoa. Oh, yeah, it's totally wild. He was a senator, uh, and he was a mayor of, uh, of Bogota. Uh, it's just it's just wild. Um, his uh, his running mate uh, was an environmental uh, activist, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so they are they're they're centering a whole bunch of values that have not gotten a lot That's of airtime, cool. like more broadly in Colombia. It's always been like a, a a minority kind of thing. His presidency, as they say here, could have profound impl implications for Colombia's economic model the role of government, and its relationship with other countries in the hemisphere. Hey, good for Colombia. Yeah, it's really, really, really cool. Colombia. Colombia. It's in a messed up place right now. It's really important to note this for context. Like half the population currently does not have enough to eat. 50% of people in Colombia don't have enough to eat. And 40% are living in poverty. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, there has been sort of like a right-wing kleptocracy going on. Like if you have right-wing government for long enough... All the proceeds go upwards and you have this little tiny number of very, very wealthy people and half the country doesn't have enough to eat. Hmm. Like, and fair warning, that's where we're headed here in America if we don't get our shit together. Yeah, You totally. know, because that's what happens when right-wing governments last for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see. He does not have a parliamentary majority. He's going to have to make a coalition government and so we'll just have to see how that all works out. Mm -hmm. But like the, the leading light is going to be coming from the left for a change. And I think that's really potentially very exciting news. That's great for those folks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Good news. Yay, good news. Hurrah. Uh, how about we take something for the suggestion box? I want to speak to you, manager, now, please. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have, I have an item for the suggestion box. But it's not actually a frustration. It's not a complaint. Yeah. It's a request. Yeah. It's a suggestion. Yeah. And it's, it's very literal. And it's for you, listeners. <gasps> listeners, my suggestion box item is for you. You're the manager to whom I'd like to speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so here's the, here's the setup. Um, I mentioned earlier that we went to this graduation gathering. Yeah. And while we were there, uh, a, a friend was there as well. And she was telling it, she was telling me, I, I haven't seen her in a very long, probably since before the pandemic. Gosh, that's probably seen, true. Yeah. We've seen her on Zoom. So I feel like I've seen yeah. her more recently, but you're right. And on social media. And yep. stuff too. So, but she was, she was there and she, um, she made a comment when I, when we showed up, um, she's like, Oh, she's like, I haven't seen you in forever, but I feel like I spend time with you all the time because I take your podcast on my walks with me. Aww. And so hearing you laugh right now, like it's, I could, I think it's a familiar laugh because I hear it every week and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, that's just not fair because I haven't heard you I know. <laughs> in, in, in a reciprocal fashion. And, um, so I'm like, you know, Megan, what that means is you're just going to have to start recording a podcast that I can listen to <laughs> so that I can hear you. But again, gave us an idea and this is true for like all of our listeners right like you all tune in you're listening right now you're hearing us talk you're spending some time with us you might hear us talk every week we you're, might be a familiar voice for you you're getting some shannon and jamie time yeah 
But guess what? We don't have any you time. But we want you time. But we want you time. Yeah. And so here is what we would like for you to do. What we'd like for you to do is record yourself sending a message to me and Jamie. Just a little one. Just a little message. Like most phones have a voice record. Every phone. Every phone has a voice record. Every smartphone has a voice record capability. Mm-hmm. Um, just record yourself and send it in an email to jamie at misfitstars.com mm-hmm. and just say hi. Let us know how you're doing. Yeah. If you have anything particularly related to the podcast to say, you could say that too. Sure. If you've got a burning question for us, you could ask that in your message if you want to. Yeah. It is really up to you. It's your own personal mini podcast that you're sending directly to our inbox because we want some you time. Yeah, we do. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? You're going to record a little voice memo in your phone and you're going to email it to jamie at misfitstars.com. J-A-M-I-E. Jamie. Yes. Yeah. And thank you. That's we, the end we of- We can't wait to hear your voices. Yes. It's going to be so I'm nice. I'm so for us. excited. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, you can also copy Shannon. Yeah. You oh, want sure. to be copied? Shannon at misfitstars.com. I and mean, we'll listen to them all together. But it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to hog the messages. No, no, no. I don't want to bogart the messages. You won't. I will, I'll find them. That's good. I wonder how bogart came to mean hog. I don't, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it when I was a kid, like related to smoking pot, like don't bogart the joint. Oh. Like did Humphrey Bogart not pass the joint enough? I don't know. Interesting. Open question. I don't know. Okay, listeners, the suggestion box has uh, item has been suggested. Take it away. Do it. Can't wait to hear from you. Yes. Um, hey, where's my gold star? You got something? Well, I just, I finished that song last night. I would like a gold star for finishing the last song of my record. That's it. I don't need to talk, I don't need to talk about it anymore. I just want some gold stars. Okay, you got gold stars. Ching, ching, ching. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm under the impression that, uh, well, I'm not even under the impression. I know for certain that you deserve some gold stars uh, from an event that happened this week that I would love for you to share with our listeners. And I will give you gold stars when you're finished sharing if wow. you would like to share. Thank you, sweetheart. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yesterday, uh, well, I guess two days ago when the podcast comes out, uh, the 20th, Monday, June 20th, was my 18th sober birthday. Wow. I have been sober for 18 years and one day. Wow. Working on 19. It's amazing. Working hard. What is it? What, what's the feeling? First of all, gold stars. You get so many gold stars. And we'll do more if you if you want more later. <laughs> like 18 years is amazing. It's yeah, it amazing. Is. But tell me how you feel. It feels weird, not bad weird, good weird. But it's just a really, really, really long time since I've had a drink. Yeah. You know? Uh, And I still remember it so vividly. Remember drinking? Oh, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. The mindset, the sensations. Hmm. Uh, I can put myself in any bar that I ever spent any amount of time in. Hmm. Uh, Like right there. I can taste the the particular beer that I drank at that place. I know what my order was at the different Whoa. places. They were different wow. in different bars, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because different bars have, you know, different things sure. that are better or worse bargains or whatever, yeah. you know? I would drink, uh, if I was at POW in San Francisco, I would drink Long Neck Budweiser's and uh, <laughs> Jim Beam shots. Okay. But if I was at the phone booth on the same night, I would be drinking PBR in a tall boy, a 16-ounce okay. can. Interesting. It's just how it went. 
you know? So that's, those are still vivid memories for oh, you. Oh, absolutely. But it was yeah. 18 years ago. 18 years ago. Yeah, uh, and I can still absolutely inhabit that world. Uh, and oftentimes do in my dreams. Really? Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I still have, I guess, unfinished business there. But mm -hmm. it doesn't feel negative or hurtful or bad. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, you process things in your sleep. Yeah. And, you know, I interrupted my drinking career. <laughs> and so there is still part of it that's kind of, I guess, living on in my head, like living a parallel, like dreamtime existence to my long-term sober life. That's interesting. I mean, they say in the rooms that uh, if that that alcoholics who have been in recovery and have been sober, mm -hmm. when they go back out, as they say, or have relapse. a relapse, yeah. that it's not like you start at square one. You start as if your disease had been progressing yeah. the entire time, right? So if you went from like on a scale of one to hundred, one to a hundred, if you went from like one to 50 and then you got sober and you were sober for like 18 years, you wouldn't start at 50. You'd start at like 75 right, or right, whatever. Right, right. The disease progresses. It would be way That's worse. That's an interesting, uh, interesting thought about your dreams and <laughs> yeah. in, in that regard. Yeah. What does sobriety what does sobriety mean to you on this anniversary? Like what is what is that? What is what, what are you feeling about your sobriety? I have been sober for so long that it's just become a part of who I am. Yeah. You know, in a very intuitive and comfortable feeling kind of way, mm -hmm. which is not always the case. You know what I mean? I mean, for the first many years of my sobriety, I was still just figuring out who I was. Mm -hmm. I've become a lot more comfortable with who I am, even just in the last few years, mm -hmm. I feel like. Mm -hmm. Part of that sort of is just how it dovetails with my aging process. You know, I'm yeah. pushing 50 real hard. I'm pushing 50 so hard, 50's like, hey, stop pushing. <laughs> I am very close to 50. And that brings up thoughts too, you know? Um, and they're good thoughts and they feel related to where I'm at in my sobriety, you know? Mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm getting more comfortable with the idea of, of aging and not having to hold on to who I was before, mm -hmm. at least, you know, none of the grasping parts, none of, mm -hmm. the, none of the less comfortable, more unsure parts. Mm -hmm. There's definitely stuff that I've been doing for a long time that I feel great about, you mm -hmm. know? There, I, I, I have not always needed to jettison every single part of who I am, of you course, know? Yeah. There have been stuff that's been good about me for, you know, my whole life, but there's more stuff that's good about me now, for sure, and I'm more comfortable with all of it. I feel like I have a lot less to prove now mm. than I used to, and I feel that way about my sobriety, too, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it's not as big a deal anymore. I mean, I think about it a lot. Mm -hmm. I think about it every day. Right. You know? Um, but it's interesting. I think about it in much more of an outward-looking kind of way. I think about it, like, in like thinking about the world, I think about it in terms of sobriety a lot. Mm -hmm. I was having this thought this evening that I don't know. I was, think, I was thinking about, like, this fascist movement that we have on the rise in our country. Yeah. You know? And I was thinking how I literally, like I know a lot of sober people mm -hmm. and I literally do not know anybody with good sobriety mm -hmm. who is a right winger. Right. Like I don't know that it, that it is actually possible to be someone with good, deeply introspective sobriety and also be a right winger. Like I think that the kind of work that you have to do on yourself to have really good, solid, spiritually sound sobriety mm -hmm. would necessarily preclude and drive out of somebody the kind of thoughts that you would have to harbor to be a right-winger. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. 
this could spin off into a whole conversation <laughs> all on its own. I've had thoughts about this too. I Because I feel like so much of what the fascist movement and the, the, the right-wing movement in this country that's fully a fascist movement at this point preys upon are pe- is people's shame. Yeah. And you deal with your shame in sobriety. That's what you deal with. Yeah. That is like the core of recovery is addressing shame. Yeah. It's like, it's what the steps do. That's what the 12 steps are designed to achieve. Yeah. And if you missed our sobriety series, we're going to link to that at the end of the, at these show notes too. We, we explored our each in individual recovery uh, in a multi-week series last win- fall and winter. Um, so Jamie's going to link to that in the show mm-hmm. notes. But yes, the, I, I thought about this a, a ton because so much of what we see in, fa- in this fascist movement is... It's 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 othering. It's uh, oppressed. It's oppression. It's abuse, mm-hmm. and all of a lot these, of displaced stuff. Yeah, a lot of displaced anger. Somebody who has done their work, you, you there, there's it, it, there's no way to act. There's like no that. way you would act like that. Yeah. in the world, there's no way that's who you would be. Yeah. It's because it's not a sober way to act. It's right. not a sober-minded way to act. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is, you know, I think, you know, we, we, we've talked about this before too, that on here, I, that's, I, I think that part of, part of being, part of being the change that we want to see in the world, I know mm. it's like a very cliche type thing to say, but really part of being the change that we want to see in the world is doing our own work. Yeah. It is, that, and that's probably foundational. Yeah. Right? Like it's probably the, the most important thing that each of us can do is to address our own shit yeah. and do our own work. Yeah. Um, and be there for others who decide they want to do that for the for themselves. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I that's it's a, it's an interesting thought. And uh, yeah, we mm-hmm. can talk for hours about this, yeah. but we've got other things to get to. Yes. So so happy birthday. Well, hey, thanks. I appreciate it very much. I've known you for 16 of those years. That wild. you've been sober. Wild that I met you with only two years sobriety and somehow managed not to fuck it all up. <laughs> but it's been such a joy to 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 do this with you. I mean, yeah. my recovery is Same. is an everyday essential part of my life too. Mm-hmm. And I had one year of recovery when I met you. And wild. The fact that we have been able to encourage each other in our respective recovery journeys in the last 16 years is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been good for my recovery to be there as an encouragement to you and yours. Mm. Um, and also it just gives me as, as your wife, as somebody who <laughs> loves you more than anybody in the, in the whole wide world, like it just makes me so happy to see the fruits of the work that you have done and continue to do on yourself. Mm. Because like I, I, you, you described yourself as feeling more okay in your own skin, and mm-hmm. you know all the, the all those qualities you mentioned a minute ago, and I can see that too, and mm. I can see that it that it's that it's cultivating in you a sense of okayness about yourself and about your life mm. in ever deeper ways all the time, and so I'm really happy for that. Well, thank you, sugar. Yeah, I appreciate that. This feels important. Please hold for a very important message. So. I have two things on my list here, and we don't have to spend a ton of time on either of them. But one thing is that it was June, it was Juneteenth this last weekend. Mm. Um, Juneteenth 
it, this was the first time that it was celebrated as a national federal federal holiday, federal holiday yeah. which is pretty nifty that yes. we've finally gotten there. Meaning that people got Monday off because it happened on Sunday. That's right. Monday was the Juneteenth observed this week, this year. So Juneteenth uh, marks... Um, for those of you getting up to speed, it it marks the day um, in nineteen uh, sixty excuse me eighteen sixty five I think it was when word got to the folks in Texas who were had who were still enslaved mm-hmm. word finally got to them that the Civil War had been won by the Union and Abraham Lincoln had emancipated enslaved people yeah. and so even though that had happened months before. Um, the word finally got to folks in Galveston, Texas on this day. Not like there were phones. (laughs) No, exactly. Someone like literally had to like ride a horse or something. Right. And so, yeah, so the word finally got there and it's just a day to, it's a day to celebrate um, uh, emancipation Mm -hmm. and a a day to celebrate black joy Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and, and and liberation. And I want to, in, in, in honor of Juneteenth, um, I last it was last year that I I came across this James Baldwin quote that um, illustrated illustrates really how liberation must continue. Like the work's not done. Obviously, we don't have chattel slavery in the United States any longer, but we don't have liberation either right. because we still exist in a system that is. Uh, racist in its structure. (laughs) Also, when you look at how large corporations take advantage of prison labor, we, we, in a certain way, kind of do have at least an echo of chattel slavery, if not exactly the thing itself. Yeah, I mean, the 14th Amendment specifically addressed that, saying that that it's illegal to enslave people unless as punishment for a crime. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's we, we do still have that kind of like forced labor, slavery type thing happening yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but even outside of that, we don't have, we don't, we don't have full liberation for people of color in this country. No. As illustrated by this James Baldwin quote, um, because I know a lot of people, a lot of people like feel the need to push back. Well, Slavery is, there's no slavery anymore. We've had the Civil Rights Act. Everybody's equal. The work, you know, like we're they, good now. We're good now. We're not good. And here's why. Um, James Baldwin says this. White people go around, it seems to me, with a very carefully suppressed terror of black people, a tremendous uneasiness. They don't know what the black face hides. They're sure it's, it's hiding something. What it's hiding is American history. What it's hiding is what white people know they have done and what they are doing and what they like, what they are doing, excuse me. White people know very well this one thing. It's the only thing they have to know. They know this. Everything else they'll say is a lie. They know they would not like to be black here. (laughs) They know that and they're telling me lies. They're telling me and my children nothing but lies. That one quote, white people know that they would not like to be black here. That is the only response anyone needs mm-hmm. to the proposition that the work for equality is done totally. somehow here. It's just not. Because there is no way that any white person in this country would voluntarily offer up to switch places mm. with a person of color in this country. Because they know 
that it's not equal. Totally. They know there is not equity here. There's not justice here. So, and you can see this in the right-wing terror of white people becoming a minority. Right. Because they know how minorities are treated <laughs> by them. Right, right. So you know, while Juneteenth, and we went to a Juneteenth celebration here in Tacoma on Sunday, it was so lovely and joyful. And yes, it, was, it was. It was great. It is a celebration of liberation. It is a celebration of black joy. And also, the work is not done. And so I wanted to, I just felt like it was important to talk about that. Great, love it. Yeah, how about you? So I just want to talk a little bit about uh, Texas. Oh, that was the second thing on my list too. Oh, there you go, <laughs> fair enough. So uh, Specifically Texas, what in Texas? Texas over this last week, uh, they had their uh, state GOP convention. The like, Republican convention. The Republican convention, yeah. And they... And who, who's at the convention, first of all? It's every elected official in, in the state of Texas is the, a Republican. Yeah, all the Republican elected officials and, and the, also just like a bunch of interested people. Like anyone can go. It's well, like a lot of normal, quote unquote, normal. It's a, it's, but you don't have to be special or an elected representative to go. I think the way that state conventions are often run is that local... local um, groups is not the right word. Local districts... Mm -hmm. um, Elect represent elect delegates mm -hmm. to go to the convention, yeah. right? So like they're they are chosen by local groups, but they're not necessarily elected people. No, like not it's at just all. folks who are involved in the party on a local level get chosen to go represent their community at the convention. Could be school board members, could be business people. There's a lot of different ways. Yeah, in. you get you get to go to the convention if you're if you're a delegate from like one of those mm -hmm. one of those communities, or if you are an elected official from the Republican Party in the state of Texas. So that's yeah. who's there. And it's a ton of people. I mean, if you've oh, seen yeah. any photos of this thing, it's like in a many, many thousands person right. arena. Like, yeah. It's not like some little thing. It's huge. Right. I, I would guess just based on the photos I've seen, it's like a fifteen to 20,000 right. person kind of thing. There's a mm -hmm. lot of people there. Mm -hmm. uh, and at a convention like this, at a party convention in an election year, what you do is you vote on the party platform. Mm -hmm. So the state of Texas Republican platform for this election season is this, and they have a list of all of the things that they stand for. They vote on them. They do a voice vote on every single one of them. Wow. And they, there's debate and the whole thing. It's not just like this ceremonial thing. Like they literally debate and people offer, like to people, people try to like horse trade with each other, like, oh, we should water this down. We should make this more intense, whatever. Right. You know, and they try right. to really like guide the language into place to really make a statement of their values and ideals that they're going to lift up uh, and bring the citizens of Texas it's, along on a journey of it's their through wish, election season. It's their wish list for the stuff they'd like to do in government. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's the stuff they want to do. Uh, so the Texas GOP uh, platform that they have just adopted at their convention is fucking batshit. It is it, it's uh, alarming. It's so alarming. You're going to read, I'm sure, some bits of it right yeah. now. When I first read it, my jaw dropped to the floor multiple times. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I thought I had gotten to the worst of it, and oh no, but wait, it gets worse. Like, it is out of control fascist. Like, like I mean, fascist yeah. is out of control to begin with. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it is... Extra fascist. A plus on the fascist, fascist exam. Like... Unbelievable. It's really wild. So I have recently started uh, getting an email from this wonderful, uh, he's sort of like the uh, Heather Cox Richardson of like the legal side of things. Okay. His name is Jay Kuo. Okay. K-U-O. Uh -huh. uh, and I've started getting his his newsletter, his Substack. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I, at certain points, will just read you little bits of what he had to say, just because he contextualizes this all really well. Okay. Um, so, uh, the long and short of it, you know, and just to, to quote what he has to say about it, the delegates of the Texas Republican Party voted to approve a party platform that can only be described as neo-fascist. This was not just a warning shot across the bow of our democracy. It is a five-alarm fire now actively burning and threatening, threatening to spread. Mm -hmm. So there's like some, some context. And let's just sort of tick down some of the things that they have adopted as their official positions. Here are the things we believe. Uh, rejection of Joe Biden's legitimate election. Right, right. They, 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 their platform states that Joe Biden didn't actually win. That he's specifically only... it says uh, yeah. that President Joe Biden was not legitimately elected. Wow, that's enshrined in their party platform. The, the big lie is enshrined yeah. in their platform. It's uh, really, really wild. Um, because so, here's on that point, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but like okay. on that point, like I feel like so many of like the like high-level elected Republicans over the last year and a half since the election, since the insurrection, mm -hmm. specifically the coup attempt by Trump yeah. and his cronies and the mob. Um, so many of like, the high-level Republican officials, like, the, like media will ask them, was Joe Biden, like they'll hold a microphone to their face and say, was Joe Biden legitimately elected to the president? And they'll skirt around the issue saying, well, Joe Biden is the president. You know, the, but mm -hmm. they won't actually say out loud mm -hmm. because I feel like, I, I, but what I've, what I've assumed is that those people don't actually believe to or subscribe to the lie that the election was stolen and that Joe Biden wasn't actually elected. But they know what that I, their base will run them out of town on a rail if they say it. Right, so I feel like what I've, what I've understood these elected officials to be doing is to try to to choose their words carefully so as not to anger the MAGA base mm -hmm. and uh, but 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 also but but they don't really believe it like I've I've been giving them the benefit of the doubt yep but in terms of elected officials in the state of Texas they're just pulling the veil right off they're like no, he's been, he, they're just saying it was, it was illegitimate. They're like wholesale supporting the big lie. It's really it's wild. It's not like being careful about things and it, yeah. A little context from Jay Quo. He says, it is one thing for members of a party to privately harbor doubts, however unfounded, about the fairness and legitimacy of a national election. Mm -hmm. It is another thing entirely for the party itself to adopt the falsehood as gospel. Mm -hmm. Political observers will be watching closely as other state GOB, GOP delegates meet, looking to see whether the big lie metastasizes officially within those states. They know that a major party that cannot accept the results of a free and fair election is a fundamental threat to our system, which is predicated upon the basic notion that government operates with the consent of the governed. Mm -hmm. A party that seeks to seize control by suppressing and even rejecting the votes of the opposing side as the former president sought to do on January 6, 2021, is the very antithesis of democracy. It is fascist in its aims and methods. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dehumanization of LGBTQ plus persons. Um, I'll not, just read a little bit. Yeah, not just, oh, you're going to read about uh -huh. that specifically? Okay, I will, yeah. Great. Another hallmark of fascist organizations is their practice of identifying vulnerable minorities and launching a campaign of hate and oppression against them. Core to that strategy is a process of dehumanization so that future actions and measures taken against them are given greater license and acceptance 
by the populace, mm -hmm. right? That's why fascists are always talking about their opponents as being rats and vermin and right. scum. Because you don't talk about them as people because it's hard to do subsequent violence upon people, right. but it's easy to exterminate rats yeah. if you start conceptualizing them as such, right? 100%. And like right now, you see it in 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 uh, popular discourse around among right-wing people right now. Trans people are just the big target right now. Like... Yeah. They have they, yeah. they have they are successfully dehumanizing trans people in their own hearts and minds. So the language adopted by the uh, Texas GOP, uh, it's chilling. Uh, section one forty three of the platform now states at its outset, homosexuality is an abnormal lifestyle choice. Oh right? Uh, this is a new addition. Uh, since the platforms of twenty eighteen and twenty twenty, uh, the following section, section one forty four further seeks to erase trans identity entirely. It declares, we oppose all efforts to validate transgender identity. And it calls for a ban on all gender-affirming procedures by medical practitioners. Although, I kind of feel like maybe breast augmentation might be given a pass. That's the thing. Gender-affirming medical care is given all of the time to cis people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hair plugs for men... That's probably going to be fine. Probably not going to get challenged too much. Yeah. It's just really wild. Um, there are also some anti-democratic and secessionist ideals oh, right. here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it explicitly says in Section 244, it openly calls for a repeal of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Wow. So you remember how like... I mean, right, it's been you were just talking. You were just talking about how right wingers are always like, "Hey, the vote, the Civil Rights Act passed in the '60s. Now everything's cool." Right. These same people are trying to undo those. Right. Yeah. You know, so things are not cool. Um, Texas has been under scrutiny by the Department of Justice forever uh, because it gerrymanders things so that white people just always have control in the state. Right. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're trying explicitly to make it so that uh, race and any kind of origin can not be considered when creating voting districts, i.e. they can gerrymander more. Right. It's wild. Um, and Section 33 of the platform... Um, basically says, uh, it, it, well, it says that the federal government has impaired our right of self-government um, and that any federal legislation that infringes upon that right should be ignored, opposed, refused, and nullified. And to this end, quote, Texas retains the right to secede from the United States, which is just, uh, it's, it's not so for, for various reasons. <laughs> um, On the one hand, if they did secede... Uh, those 55 electoral votes that they have or whatever would never be part of a presidential election in the United States again, which, hooray. Yeah, it would pretty much <laughs> guarantee that Democrats would have the presidency for a long time. It would, but also would I have a lot of dear friends in Texas. <laughs> Wouldn't wouldn't and and also just even if they weren't friends, I, the people of Texas deserve better yeah. than to be governed by fascists. Yeah, it's really true. So that, uh, that you know, that's an issue. That's a thing that's happening right now. It, it's wild. It is wild. A anyone uh, who's curious about this should just go look for some news articles. It just happened a couple of, a couple of days ago. It's easy to find. Mm -hmm. Just you know, do a Google search. I will also link in the show notes to this status quo email. Yeah. Isn't that a cute newsletter name? Cute. Status quo, but His it's K-U-O. Yeah. yeah, very cute. I... Um, 
Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely bonkers uh, and and downright scary. I, bonkers is too lighthearted a word. Yeah. <laughs> um, in response to that, I, I, I had taken a note here. Um, Tom Nichols, he's a writer for The Atlantic. Yes. Um, I saw uh, a tweet of his earlier this week. Um, he's, he says, regarding the dipshittery in the Texas GOP. Also a little frivolous for what's happening. Yes, but, it, but he's like, I'm reposting what it looks like when democracy ends. And he just, he, this is from an article that he wrote uh, previously, but he was just reposting here. And I just really thought that it was kind of profound mm. because here we are, you know, you and I live in the state of Washington and the stuff that is going down in Texas is not... It, it, it's not going to affect us immediately. Right, but... here's what Tom Nichols has to say. For many of you, on a day-to-day basis, it will mean nothing for quite a while, especially if you're white, coastal, and middle class. Mm. Two limited cheers for federalism, I guess. Mm. As long as you pay your taxes and live far from Republican state governments, the national government will mostly leave you alone. If you live in a traditionally blue state, you'll still control your local laws. Schools will still teach the Lincoln-Douglas debates because (laughs) in those states, they know the difference between Stephen Douglas and Frederick Douglas. Uh, in the in those blue states, there will be there will still be restrictions on guns. There will still be legal abortions. There will still be high taxes for education and social programs, and all the and all that other liberal stuff that the culture war conservatives hate. The federal government will not be able to compel odious policies in democrat controlled democratic controlled states so much as it will just remove barriers to instituting them in the republican controlled states. This is where we really will have, and this is what really struck me. This is where we really will have free and unfree Americas side by side to drive from Massachusetts to Alabama, especially for women and people of color, will not be crossing the Mason-Dixon line so much as it will be like falling through the time tunnel and emerging in a pre-1964 America where civil rights and equal treatment before the, before the government are a matter of the state's forbearance. Yeah. If an American citizen's constitutional rights are violated, there will be no justice department that will intervene, no Supreme Court that will overrule. And he goes on to talk about seditionists as well. But it was, I just thought that was really a compelling sort of picture to paint. Like this idea that where we are, we're already there right now. We already have a situation where there are some states in which Americans are free and some in which they're not. I mean, in Texas already, a woman can't get an abortion if she's beyond six weeks pregnant. Yeah. Like a vital a vital medical procedure is not available. A vital choice to be made about one's own body exactly. is not available. Right. It, it, so it already exists and, and they're looking to do it more clearly because you just read their platform. You read yeah. their wish list of what yeah. they would like to see happen. <sighs> yeah, it's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, heads up, everybody. That's why this is in the This Feels Important section this week. Yeah. It's not necessarily great news, but it feels important. We should know about it. Keep your eyes on that, you know? And with that, can we please cruise on into the Inspiration Station? Inspiration Station. I have something. Do you? I do. And I'm going to go first because it's kind of related to what we just have been talking about. And yet it felt inspiring to me. Great. So... I could use that again right now. Mm. Um, it was a tweet from Nicole Hannah-Jones, mm. um, the 
does she still work for the New York Times? She's the one who put together. She 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 led the whole the sixteen nineteen project. She, that was her. Yeah. That was her baby. She might be a professor now. Oh yes, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Anyway, she tweeted this. Um, she is quoting Frederick Douglass here, saying. No man can put a chain about the ankle of his fellow man without at last finding the other end fastened about his own neck. Mm. Juneteenth doesn't mark the emancipation of the enslaved, but emancipation of the U.S. Mm. We should all rejoice and work toward our mutual liberation. Mm. And I I found that really inspiring, you know, like tying with the Juneteenth thing, but also... Tying in with what we were just talking about, all these ways in which this fascist Republican movement in the United States wants to take freedoms away. They're going backwards in the liberation category, right? And it's specifically taking away freedoms from people who are lower down on the hierarchy, like white Christian rich men are doing fine and will continue to do fine Mm -hmm. in this paradigm, except for what... Nicole Hannah-Jones brings to our attention here uh, via Frederick Douglass that a chain around somebody's neck is a chain around, a chain around someone's ankle is a chain around your own neck. Yeah. Like, this is not, you know, the actions of the of the GOP in Texas and the GOP nationally who are going for, going, moving toward these kinds of platforms. Um, it doesn't increase their freedom in the end. Yeah. It imprisons us all. And, know that when we work for each other's liberation, we are working for our own. Yeah. You know? So that was mine. What about you? So I was having this conversation uh, on Facebook, on Messenger, like a private conversation, Mm -hmm. with this guy who I don't know super well. This was Mm -hmm. just over this last week. And we're still kind of in a protracted getting to know one another sort of place, okay. you know? Uh-huh. He and I met through a mutual musical acquaintance. Okay. Um, maybe because you and I spoke at something, something like that, you know? He mm-hmm. reached out to me last year and I mentored him a little bit, just some advice and, yeah. you know, just yeah. like life talk, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we caught up apropos of some interaction that we had on the Facebooky part of Facebook mm-hmm. um, and just had a little chat this week And I learned something about him that I didn't know. He kind of opened up a little bit, uh, which is that he's been dealing, the reason I hadn't heard from him much was he's been dealing with a really bad wave of depression. Okay. And so I asked him about that and I just wanted to share what he wrote. Okay. He said, uh, depression and anxiety have been my lifelong companions, but it wasn't until around 10 years ago that I started to realize that how I was feeling wasn't how everyone feels. I thought there was some mass charade where we all felt awful, scared, sad, and angry, but didn't talk about it. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was sort of inspiring in a way. You know, mm. the idea, because our brains try to trick us and make us feel usually like we're alone, right? Mm-hmm. That's how our brains tend to isolate us. Mm-hmm. They tend to make us feel like you're the only one who feels like this. You shouldn't talk to anyone about it. They'll think mm. you're a freak. They'll try to lock you up, whatever. Mm. Anyone who's had depression knows how this right. voice yeah. works. I've right. had it. You've had it. You know, it's scary and it's really isolating. Yeah. And this is a really like different take on that. The idea that everyone feels this way, <laughs> but we all have tacitly agreed not to talk about right. it. Because I, I guess maybe it would be gauche or a downer. Right. You know? I mean, there's some truth to that. Yeah. Like, especially when it comes to 
people's personas on social media. For sure. You know? Yes. Like, we, there, there is some truth to the idea that a lot of us front a lot of the time that yeah. we are doing great yeah. and life is perfect and yeah. we're really feeling actually quite broken on the inside. Yeah, you know, the more I've got, I've got like everyone listening has that subset of friends on the internet who like all of their posts are just shiny and great, right. you know, real like perfect kids doing music <laughs> and art and theater with the parents doing it with them and you know and all of it peppered with vacations and, and trips and we eat all organic vegetables absolutely <laughs> yeah. went snowboarding 30 times this winter and posted yeah. all of them right, you know right. what i mean i was dropped from a helicopter i literally like you know like there's people who seem like they're doing really 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 great and like you know we want to believe that right but you know that there's stuff going on in these people's lives. Yeah. They're probably not necessarily this well-adjusted. And it perpetuates this idea that we shouldn't be talking about how we feel, mm -hmm. that we should only be talking about the stuff that looks Instagram-worthy. Right. You know? And so that's my inspiration that I took from this for the mm. week. I just, you know, want to quintuple down on the idea that it's really, really, really important to talk about how we're doing. Yeah, There's a reason that Shannon and I start every single episode with a feelings check-in. It's because we think it's important to check in and verbalize how we're feeling and also to model sharing that for other people. Yeah, You know, it shouldn't be scary. It shouldn't be something that you don't talk about in polite company. Right. You know? I just want to live a more honest life. Yes, Fronting is tiring. Yes. And not fulfilling no. in the end. Mm -mm. That that was a really good inspiration. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. And thank you to my friend for sharing it with me because that was a vulnerable thing to do. Yeah. He will probably not hear this, but I want you to know I'm putting that energy yeah. out towards you, bud. Uh, um, how about we finish up with a gratitude crank up? Sounds good to me. What you got? I am grateful that summer is here. Like really, today was the longest day of the year. Is was today also the, the official beginning of summer or is it tomorrow? I can't remember. Mm. Anyway, the weather here in the Puget Sound region got the memo. Yes. Because <laughs> literally today was the first ah, yeah. like day, all day long. We, we enjoyed as much of it as we could outside and it just did so many good things for my spirit. Mm. We, I just, I'm so grateful I'm so grateful. I've been I've been saying to myself, we've had a very rainy spring, like very unusually wet. A spring. protractedly rainy spring. And I keep telling myself, our perfect summer is coming. Our perfect summer is coming. Yep. <laughs> and it's here. And I like it. I I. I it just fills my whole body and my whole spirit <laughs> with so much joy, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, no pressure, summer, <laughs> to be, continue being perfect. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good too. It feels really good and I'm grateful. How about you? I am grateful for our backyard. Oh, same. It has, we, we have lovingly over a period of years turned it into this really great little oasis. Yes. And I feel very, very grateful for that. I feel grateful to have a yard, period. I know. Like I had one when I was a kid. And then I did not have one until I was 45 years old. Right. And to have one again and to have just a little outdoor space that's just kind of ours. Where we, we can, can kind of just, cultivate. And, yeah. Yeah. It is just this, I don't know, 
I don't want to get like all evangelical, but it's a blessing. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, have to be religious. Yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, okay. can I interject in your moment? You may. Okay. Speaking of the backyard. Yes. I went out this evening to start my yard work before, yep. we, and, and I, well, I walked into the backyard, and Baby Bun was there. Yes, because we have a baby bunny living in our backyard. Yes, and I decided I would try to because it was it was in the middle of the lawn, mm-hmm. munching dandelions and clover. It's starving all the time. It's just con- like its number one mission in life is to eat, 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 and that's all it does. Yeah. So it was munching. And so I decided I would try because I was inspired by you. Like last week, you tried to like get down on your hands and knees and get close to Baby Bun. And Just you got, slowly. You, yeah, you got within like five feet, yep. which I thought was pretty impressive. Pretty good. I got down on my hands and knees and I start, I'm talking to it and I'm very slowly crawling on my hands and knees mm-hmm. toward it. And it doesn't move. It's just eating. It made turns here and there and eats the dandelion, eats some clover. Yeah. And I'm just talking to it. I got within like... Two feet mm-hmm. of baby bun. It's right there. Like right there. And I'm I, I decided it was munching the clover flowers. Yeah. Um in the lawn. No, 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 no. And so I decided that, that I would try to maybe pick a clover flower and maybe try to offer it. Yeah. To baby bun to try to make friends, see yeah. if it would eat from me. Common cause. And before I did that, by the way, I was close enough to hear baby bun chewing. I could hear the little crunch, crunch, crunch of its teeth munching the dandelion and clover leaves. It was so freaking cute. So good. I can't even tell you how cute. And here I am and I snapped the clover flower and the little tiny sound of a clover flower stem snapping in two scared it off. Oh. And it went. It, it had to run away. That It was the tiniest little sound. Like, it was so cute. But I, I love got, it. I got really close and it was just such a moment. Oh my gosh. Our mission for this summer, if we can do it, is to befriend Baby Bun. <laughs> well, we are already friends with Baby Bun. Baby Bun just needs to become friends with us. Yes. I feel very warmly <laughs> toward Baby Bun. That's true. <laughs> we need some freaking reciprocity, Baby Bun. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm grateful for our backyard too. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Um, you all, we're grateful for you. Thank mm-hmm. you for spending your time with us today. Yeah. Um, if you are a member of Misfit Stars, you're you're one of my favorite people on the planet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for supporting this work that we do. Your small dollar monthly contributions uh, keep us going. Keep yes. us able to do the work that we do. Living indoors, eating food through all of it. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. If you're not yet a supporter of Misfit Stars, but you value the stuff that we're doing, we just ask you to become a member. Go to misfitstars.com slash support. You don't have to do anything. I want to clarify that. Right. There aren't like rituals. No. You don't have to spend time. It's just you supporting us with a small dollar monthly contribution. That's right. We say a member uh, and we will call you a misfit star. We will say that you're one of our misfit stars. That's right. But if you think that's corny, then you can be like, I'm not a misfit star. It's fine. It's fine. You it's just do what you want. You, you but do if you, you want to support our work, misfitstars.com slash support. That's right. Yeah. And thank you. Um, just to reiterate, we're going to have the uh, Shipwrecked Music Festival ticket link in the show notes. Make sure you go get your tickets. 949thebridge.com is where you can go right now to get that if you are eager to. Because it's our one show this summer. Yep. This year, really. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, and then also... Um, record a voice memo. Record a voice memo for us. We want to hear from you. It's our it's our own personal podcast from you to us. We might get dozens of these, so maybe don't do like five minutes. Maybe do like 
15 to 30 seconds. Hey, you, you know, know what? what I mean? You do you. Whatever you need to do. Okay, fair. Do Just you. Do, you do you. Yeah, fair. We can't fair. wait to hear from you. Um, I believe that's it. I think uh, so. Yeah. We will likely, maybe... Be back next week, we, but summer vacation is going to start sometime, and we'll let you know. It could start as soon as it, next week. This, it could, might. this could be the last episode you hear in a while, so if that happens, we love you. We do. Yeah. Um, but no matter what, uh, uh, until the next time you hear from us, please take good care of yourselves and be good to each other. Please do. We love you all. See you later. Bye. Bye.